Hello, and welcome to Life on Maine, a daily podcast of Life on Maine in Charlestown, New Hampshire, where we discuss living life on the main purpose as designed by God. I am Pastor Tim Golden, and on these podcasts, we focus on growing in relationship with God, maturing in the faith through His Word, stewarding our relationships with one another, as well as learning to make disciples as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each day highlights one of these facets of spiritual character, growth, and stewardship, so be sure to come back each day to grow a strong and healthy walk with the Lord. Now, let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to show us today. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them available, to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 8 through 20. Now, if you've been on our Facebook page over this last week, you know we've been talking a lot about the shepherds, and we mentioned them last week during the service as well. And we're going to be there yet again today. Um, And might be on some people's thoughts, well, there's a lot more to the Christmas story than just the shepherds. But I feel this is where God wants us to hang yet again. We will get to the wise men eventually, uh, but we are going to be continuing to focus just for a little while on this Christmas story. I just feel there's some things the Lord really wants us to get from this passage with the shepherds that we need to focus on today. So looking at Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. God, Give us insight into your word today. As we dive into these verses, would you reveal to us greater truths of your peace that you brought that great day? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to focus mostly there, as you would probably imagine, on verses 13 and 14, where it says, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, the thing about Christmas is it celebrates God's initiative to reconcile mankind to himself. We've read all throughout scripture, throughout the Old Testament, and see that it is impossible for man to reach God. 
God had given us his laws not as a way to try to make us shape up necessarily, though it was to give us guidance, but it was really a way to reveal to us that, look, you can't do this on your own. Here's my laws. Here are the things that, are requ that I require of you. And I want you to see that apart from me, you cannot possibly keep all these laws. Henceforth, why they had to offer sacrifices uh, for the atonement of their sins. And so what we see take place, because that was just temporary, is God then says, now you're ready to receive the true gift. And that gift is Jesus Christ. I'm going to send him to be the final sacrifice for all of your sin. So the sacrifices will no longer be necessary. And But even greater than that, what this is going to do, it's going to allow me now to take that blood and apply it over your lives and over your sin. If you simply receive him, so that that way you and I can be in right relationship. So that there can be peace between us. Because we know that if we are not for God, we are against him. If we are not friends of God, we are the enemies of God. And so we want to be his friends. You need more than that. We want to be adopted into his family. And he made that possible through Jesus Christ. So Christmas really does celebrate the beginnings of God reconciling all of mankind back to himself, reuniting that which was once together, somehow got separated, and bringing it back into right relationship. Christmas also celebrates God's entry into this broken world to set it right. He came to bring peace to us. He came to release us from suffering, to release us from hurt. Christmas is also where God left the glory of heaven to live and understand what it is like to hurt and suffer and to know what it really is like to be human, to be able to identify with us on a whole new level. And so these are just a few of the things. There's a number of reasons why he came. Obviously, he came to do the Father's will. He came to... Um, give us an example and there's actually 31 reasons and if you want more information on that we invite you to go over to our Heartline Ministries Facebook page um, where Pastor Harold and I have actually spent a year talking about these 31 reasons why Jesus came and uh, encourage you to tune into those and get more depth on that. But despite the great news of everything that God did through sending his son that Christmas morning, many failed to see the wonder and the benefit of it. Every year when the Christmas season comes around, life can become very chaotic and stressful, can it not? In fact, this year we're finding it at a whole new level of stress uh, as we're all battling the risks of COVID and uh, all of the other um, stipulations that this pandemic has brought upon our society and we factor that into all of the other stress of the holiday season and it can become overwhelming to many but during even a normal if we can even use that word anymore a normal christmas season we would buy gifts right we put up decorations and in fact people put up decorations even earlier this year according to statistics 
There's a great meal that many times is provided, even though this year it may be for fewer people. There's visiting family, which obviously will be done at a much lower level this year. But we will find other ways to connect. Um, but there seems to be no time for some because of all this chaos, because of all these uncertainties, to find the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas has different meanings for different people. If you're a business owner, Christmas might be defined in terms of sales, as it is the uh, greatest time of the year for that. For children, many times it's about the gifts and the presents. For a lot of people, and probably even more so this year, in light of our inability to do it, it's family time. Still to other people, it's the ability to be out of work or to be out of school. And we see some positives in those things. We find, find some enjoyment in those things. But what we do not find in those things is a true sense of peace. Only God is able to bring that. In fact, if you were to go into bookstores, especially Christian bookstores, what you will find is that the best sellers on the shelves seem to be books that deal with depression, books that deal with anxiety, fear, frustration. It's the, the self-help section in the Christian bookstore, which in some ways seems almost like an oxymoron when you think about it. But the self-help section in a Christian bookstore seems to be growing and growing more and more. The truth is life has always been and will continue to be a struggle. Christmas for many sometimes is just a way to try to escape a little bit from that. But you know what Christ came to do is not provide necessarily an escape but an ability to stay at peace even amidst the difficulties, even amidst the, the trials and the tribulations that want to come our direction. 2,000 years ago, angels proclaimed the birth of the Christ child as they sang, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And this is crucial for us to understand and not to overlook the verbiage there. This to bring good peace and goodwill toward men. That, that simplifies a reaching down, his attempts to reach to where we are, to come toward us, versus most other religions where it's about us trying to get toward God. Christmas shows us that God came to us. Now, that's not to reduce the importance that we are to supposed to reach toward him and draw near to him. In fact, scripture says as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. But the truth is, he drew initially on that first Christmas. He had to. There's no way for us to have peace with him apart from him doing so. Peace is a true gift that restores man's fallen spirits. Now the shepherds here, and you, you read this in some of the other translations this way. It says, peace on earth and to those on whom God's favor rests. So what does that mean? Who is it upon whom God's favor rests? Is it only a select few? See, to, to, the, um, to the Jews of the Old Testament, 
It meant them because they were the people of God. They were the ones that were set apart for his purpose. But the ones upon whom God's favor rests, as we see as we read the entirety of Scripture, it is not just for the Jews. It is for the Jews, but it's for more than that. It's for the Gentiles as well. It's for all of those that would seek God. Throughout Luke's gospel, peace on earth comes to outcasts, it comes to the disciples, it comes to foreigners, it comes to anybody who will be willing to receive the grace that God gives. And where there is peace, we need to understand, God is there. Now, peace, I'm not just talking about some sense of tranquility, and we're going to get into more detail into that, exactly what it is. But spiritual peace is deliverance from sin. This is the ultimate peace that Jesus came to bring. It wasn't about world peace, though that is a desire, and someday we will see that at the second advent, when Jesus comes the second time, and he sets up his throne, and he then will come as ruler and as king. But this first advent, he came as a baby to do the most important thing, and that is to bring spiritual peace, spiritual reconciliation. It's deliverance from sin by which we were at enmity with God, as it tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And the result is peace in the conscience, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. So, as we think about this concept of having peace with God, what does that mean? fully entail. Well, we've already hit on this first point, that the peace is in and discovered through salvation. The peace that the, the scriptures talk about and that Jesus Christ bought was a combination of hope, trust, and quietness in the mind and the soul that's brought about only by being reconciled back to God. It comes only through knowing that we are in right standing with him and the fact that he is now able to pour out his resources, his peace, his love, his joy, the fruit of the Spirit, right, that we find in Galatians chapter 5. He came, Jesus came, so that we could have a full reconciliation in relationship and to the resources that God wants to pour out within us. See, peace is about much more than just happiness. Peace is not about good feelings. Peace encompasses with it a concept of wholeness and stability and steadfastness. Not just a sense of euphoria that might um, overcome a person given certain circumstances or given by a certain posture save this posture, and that being the inner tranquility and poise of a Christian who chooses to trust fully in God through Jesus Christ, trusting that God is everything that he said he would be, and trusting that God is going to be faithful and has given us that right standing and will pour out blessing and, and security upon those who name his name. Not saying everything's going to go perfectly the way we want it to. We do live in a fallen world. But God has come to give incredible peace that does pass all understanding. And peace 
reveals itself in the Christian's way of life. In our lifetime, we, ex we can experience peace on a daily basis. When the believer responds by faith to grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense, it's God pouring out upon us that which we do not deserve. It's his giving to us the life and the love that he desires when really all we deserve is condemnation and judgment. But through Jesus Christ, he's able to pour out grace. And God provides many blessings which can result in great inner happiness. There seems to be an ability when you walk with God and you suffer some of the trials and the tribulations that you are able to have a, again, a stability that to the natural mind is impossible to understand. I was just in having a conversation with somebody yesterday uh, who was reflecting on, um, actually on, my on me and my family um, during this season because they've understood that these last three years have kind of been interesting for us. Um, as three years ago, we lost mom and last Christmas we almost lost dad. And uh, then this year, um, just shortly before Thanksgiving, we lost my brother. And um, this person was very uh, heartbroken for me. And I basically had the ability to look at the person and say, don't be. And because there's a peace that God has been able to give in the midst of all the difficulties. When you choose to place your full trust in him, when you choose to put your full reliance on him, do you still experience sadness? Yes, you will. But amidst the sadness, you can have peace. Amidst the sadness, you can have joy because those things do not come from the outward, nor can they be affected by the outward. It's a total heart condition. It's something that happens on the inside through a full relationship with Jesus Christ where he is able to reach in and be everything that we need him to be no matter what it is that we are going through. And amidst all that, he can provide this great current of his peace. Isaiah chapter 26 put it this way in verses 3 and 4. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So right there's the key. If you want to stay in perfect peace, if you want to be kept in God's perfect peace the way he wants to keep you, it's going to happen as you set your mind on him. He pours out the resources of heaven, but there's a part we have to fulfill, and that is choosing to set our mind, our thoughts, our will upon who he is and what he does. He goes on to say, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because why? He trusts in thee. His trust is placed not in self, not in circumstances, not in economy, not in a vaccine, but in God, in God alone. Now, I'm not saying don't get the vaccine, okay? So don't, don't hear that in, in what I'm saying here. But what I am saying is this. We put our, too much of our trust in things that are external. And then when those things aren't there, we feel like all hope is gone, all peace is gone. Well, the reason being because we put the peace in the wrong place. We place our trust in the wrong place. It also goes on then to say, trust ye in the Lord forever. In other words, in all circumstances and at all times, trust in him. Why? For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting 
strength is strength that does not end. When you get the peace of God poured out in your life, you have the ability to live at peace and to live a level of strength that is impossible in the natural realm. In the Christian way of life, peace comes through fellowship with God and by daily growing in Him. Because trust is not something that you just simply say one day, okay, well, I'm just going to trust, and, and you just trust regardless. There's a daily commitment to trust. And, and that daily commitment is based on the response also that is given from the other end. And so we need to constantly be growing in that trust. Understand this as well. The peace of God is very progressive. The peace of God is progressive, and the closer you walk with him, the more you will experience his peace. I want to turn our attention to another passage in the book of Isaiah. It comes from chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It will continue to grow. Does that mean that somehow he gains more, um, that, that his government somehow just grows and grows, or that his peace somehow gets greater and greater? His peace is infinite. His authority is infinite. But of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The more we allow him to rule in our lives, the greater the pieces that we will experience from his infinite resource. But it's going to require us turning more and more to him and releasing more and more control to him. Four names that are given there. We're not going to go into great depth on these, but he's called the Wonderful Counselor. Right? Some, some translations actually put a comma after wonderful and before counselor. Some don't. thing is, punctuations were not in the original language. We put those in. But, and, and which one's right? Well, both are true. Is God wonderful? Absolutely. Is he a wonderful counselor? Absolutely. But I tend to think that that comma is, if, if you have translations where that's in there, I, my thoughts are that probably shouldn't be there. Because when you look at the rest of the, that section, there's an adjective placed with a characteristic. You have mighty God. You have everlasting Father. It's defining what kind of a God, what kind of a Father he is. And Prince of Peace, and what kind of a Prince he is. So what kind of a counselor is he? He is a wonderful. He is full of wonder. In other words, he will never cease to amaze you. What God is able to do when you seek him, and what he can do in you in five minutes can be greater than what a earthly counselor might be able to do in five years. I'm not, again, I'm not preaching against counseling. There's place and there, there's times and seasons for that. But too many times, again, we turn to the earthly source before we turn to the heavenly source. And so let us make sure that we understand that he is the true counselor that is full of wonder. I have personally experienced in my own life of trying to gain victory in certain areas of my life where just I couldn't seem to get victory. And then in a matter of minutes, by simply full surrender to God, God was able to correct those things in my life. And I, what he did for me, I know he can do for you. Again, not saying there's not a place for counselors or maybe even medications at times. 
But let us make sure we have first turned to Jesus as our first source of healing. He will be called the Wonderful Counselor. He will be the Mighty God, the God full of might. He will be the, our Everlasting Father, and He will be a Prince of Peace. All these deal with relationship. And the more we trust Him for our guidance, the more we lean on Him as our Father, as the one that we need to go to to receive all the love we need. Again, not to say there's not a place for earthly relationships. There is, and there should be. But again, have we turned to God first to fill those needs of love in our lives? He wants to be that for us. Have we turned to him as our source of uh, power and authority? Because he is there to do those things. And have we turned to him as our primary source of peace? When we do and we trust him in those things, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The word for peace there is a, com is a word you would expect. It's the word shalom. And now the word shalom isn't just peace, like, again, like we tend to think of peace as being some level of kind of just this place of calmness and tranquility. Shalom speaks of safety. It speaks of being um, happy. It speaks of wellness and wholeness and satiety, being fully satisfied. That is what peace is really dealing with. And that sort of peace only God can give. Only God can satisfy the places in your life where everything else has failed. Only God can bring safety in those places where you feel shaken. Allow him to do that. This Hebrew mode of expression, shalom, denotes that he would be a peaceful prince. He would be a prince who would come and bring peace and he would operate in peace when he came and Jesus did that and when he comes a second time he's gonna come on a white horse and he's not gonna be quite so um, peaceful looking from that standpoint because he will be coming to set up his throne but he has come to bring peace his first primary goal was to reconcile us back to the Father and that required him to come and suffer and die, not just be born in a manger, but to bear a cross to Golgotha, where he would die for our sins and then raise from the dead so that we could have eternal life. The word for peace in the Greek language that we see in the New Testament means to join together. So it carries this concept that if we're going to be safe, if we're going to have that place of satiety, if we're going to have that place of wellness and wholeness, it's only going to be as we are joined together with God. It's a picture of two opposing forces that had been separated that now have come together. Two opposing forces coming together. That's what our peace in Jesus is all about. We are set in a totally different direction than what he's going. We are in direct opposition to him. But through Jesus Christ and his blood, we come to God as he has come to us, and we are reconciled and we are joined together in peace. Jesus was brought into the world as our Savior, the angel said, to bring peace. He's the Prince of Peace because he is the one who solved the enmity between us and God. He and he alone. 
Accept him and you will have peace with God. Let's talk a little bit about the power of peace. The power of peace, not two terms you usually hear together. Peace kind of, we almost look at as being something very passive, but is a very powerful thing. Christmas peace is comfort regardless of our circumstances. Everything can be going wrong around you, but yet you're still able to stay firm. There's a power that can come through the peace that God gives. There's another man who experienced this, and you've probably heard about him. If you've been around me any length of time, you've heard me share this story about a man named Horatio Spafford. And some people don't know who he is, but you, you're familiar with him. You may be familiar with the song he wrote. He was a businessman in Chicago many, many years ago. He sent his wife and three daughters to Europe by ship while he remained back in the States, intending to join them a bit later. <clears throat> However, en route, as his wife and daughters were sailing the ocean, there was a terrible storm and a shipwreck during which their three daughters had drowned. Mrs. Spafford made it safely, and when she got to the other side, she wired back to her husband this statement, all of our daughters have been lost, only I have been saved. He took the next vessel, obviously, that was available. And as they came near the place where his daughters had drowned, the skipper of the ship had pointed to the place where the other ship had gone down. And it was when he was standing there on the deck at that very moment, that great moment of incredible loss, incredible remembrance of what now will never be, that there will be a dad who will not be able to walk any of those three daughters down the aisle or be there for any of the other life events that they would experience. In the midst of that sense of mourning, he penned these words to this familiar hymn says, when peace like a river attends my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, whatever comes my way, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Even in the midst of the difficulty, even in the midst of the loss, he was able to still take comfort and rest and reassurance in knowing that his soul was right with the Father as the souls of his daughters also were right, uh, as we read through some of the other um, memoirs of the occasion, as the mother and the three daughters did have a time of being able to pray together prior to the ship going down. It is well with my soul. He, that's where he found his peace, in his relationship with God and with God alone. But there's a process to being able to receive this power that comes through the peace that only God can give. And see, but before we get into that, I want us to think a little bit again about the shepherds. Why was it that this was revealed to them first? Why other, outside of Mary and Joseph and um, Simeon and Anna that we talked about a couple weeks ago, why is it that these are the first ones that God chooses to reveal the Messiah to. Why a few shepherds hanging out in a field? Why not to a news reporter? Why not 
to a king or a magistrate. They could really get the news out there. Why to a bunch of shepherds? Well, I think a big piece of that is because the shepherds raised sheep. And they knew in raising those sheep in a Jewish culture, what would those sheep most likely be used for? Other than maybe being used for their wool, they were going to become sacrifices. They understood that a sheep's existence in their culture pretty much was to be there to, as a sacrifice for the sins that they had committed. So God reveals to a bunch of shepherds the first important thing, that soon these sheep won't be needed for this purpose anymore, because my son will do it all. Because the power that his blood holds to bring peace to mankind is unlimited. Peace begins when we're restored and reconciled to God and have peace with him. The peace of Christmas should lead us also not only to peace with God, but to peace with one another. Because Jesus came and he said that my peace I give to you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace is going to come with power. And I'm going to give you a peace that's very different from what the world has to give. This peace will give you the ability to have right relationship with God. It'll give you also the ability to have right relationship with one another, even when somebody does you wrong. Even when somebody um, abuses boundaries, his peace can come and fill those areas. And out of that peace, a new level of love can begin to erupt. See, Christmas is about peace, but it's also about something else. Christmas is a time of healing. They use the phrase in this passage, the goodwill toward men. A young soldier was going off to fight in World War II, and it was against the Japanese. And as, fa as his father put his son on the train and waved goodbye, he turned with bitter tears and said this. He said, if my son is killed, I hope every Japanese in the world is killed. A year later, the son indeed was killed. And soon, $10,000 in a life insurance money had arrived. The father did, however, a most surprising thing with that $10,000. No, he did not hire a hitman. No, he did not invest it into the military. What he did is he took the whole $10,000 and he sent it to the Southern Baptist Foreign Mission Board and designated it for missions to the Japanese. God had come and had brought such a level of peace to this man that even in the midst of hearing of his son's death, when at first his attitude was that death would come upon all Japanese, had now been transformed to, I want to bring life eternal life to all the Japanese. The peace that God gave allowed him to also be at peace with others. So as we continue, conclude talking about this, let's take a look for a minute at what the product of peace wants to bring to us. I want to share another little story with you, if I may. 
several years ago, there was a submarine that was being tested and had to remain submerged for many hours. When it returned to the harbor, the captain was asked an important question. The, they asked, how did the terrible storm last night affect you? The officer looked at him in surprise and exclaimed, storm? What storm? We didn't, even, we didn't even know there was one. See, the sub had been so far beneath the surface that it had reached an area that is known to soldiers as the cushion of the sea. Although the ocean may be whipped in huge waves by high winds, the waters below are never stirred. That's the cushion of the sea. And this, I think, is a perfect picture of the peace that Christ comes to give at Christmas. Life will continue. There will be storms. There will be things happening on the surface of this thing called life. But what's going on down inside? Down submerged in the very fabric of your spirit. Is there a cushion? Is there a level of protection that can only be provided through a relationship with God as he pours and resources you with his strength and with his peace? Because that's what he wants to bring. Ultimately to our spirits, just simply through a rec reconciled relationship with God. But it really does go deeper than that to affect every single situation that we will encounter in this earth. That we will encounter through the rest of 2020 and even going into 21 and even as we go into the next decade after that. Should he, should he tarry? He wants to bring peace at all times into your life, even, admit, even amidst adversity. The waves of worry, the waves of fear, the waves of heartbreak cannot touch those who are at peace with God, within themselves and with others. Again, it's not to say we won't experience sadness, that we won't experience remorse, regret, or mourning. We will experience those things, but underneath it, there is something that we cannot explain. There's something of an anchor that holds our soul. And that comes because of what God pours into us through relationship. You can have this kind of peace this Christmas. It's not talk, this is not talking about a military peace. As much as the Jews and the Israelites would have wanted it to be, having been in um, having the Romans in authority over them. They would have loved nothing more than a military revolutionary. But that's not what he came to do. He came to bring peace. He came to bring the love of the Father to us. He came to bring back the relationship so that we can experience the deepest peace possible. Are you ready to receive his peace this Christmas? I hope you are. He's here to give it, if you'll just receive it. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you today. We thank you that your peace is available to us. We thank you that you have come to pour out the resources of heaven upon those on whom your favor rests, upon those who have chosen to acknowledge that you are the lover of their soul, that you are the savior of the world. So Lord God, I pray for anyone that is tuning in today, Lord, that might sense 
some unrest within themselves, Lord. And if it is a spiritual unrest because they don't have that relationship with you, God, I ask that you would touch them where they are. And if that is you right now, just pray this prayer with me. Lord God, I, I am tired. I'm tired of living in turmoil. I'm tired of living against the things of you. God, I want to experience your peace. I want to experience your love. I want to experience the relationship that you had created me to have with you. I admit I can't do it on my own. I can't make it happen. But God, I thank you that you already made it happen by sending your son to die for me. And I received the gift of his salvation through his blood right now. Help me, God, to live each day forward for you. And God, would you pour out your peace and your strength in and over my life, not just for me, but that so I can also give it away to others. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. We pray that it was beneficial for you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for another episode of Life on Main. You can learn more about our church by visiting our website at lifeonmain.org. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lifeonmain, where you can learn about upcoming events and find links to videos of these broadcasts and sermons. You can also view our sermons on our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash lifeonmain, with each of those words capitalized. Thanks for listening to Life on Main, and may God bless you.